Morning, church. Wasn't that marvelous to be able to encounter the Lord through worship and song? I, I kind of got a chuckle this morning uh, because the computer's not working and the screens don't work. I'm watching everybody scrambling around. Yeah, yeah, that's what I did. I just got a chuckle. Um, I, I kind of like low-tech stuff, to be quite frank with you. Um, uh, we were at the Dells a couple of weeks ago, and my phone got wet, and uh, I had to put in rice for three or four days. It was a wonderful three or four days, quite honestly. I could live without that stuff. And I think of our brothers and sisters worshiping around the world without all this stuff how dependent we are on technology and some of you folks lost your phone you you think life was over my goodness what's truly important the Lord Jesus do we trust him I uh, am encouraged by uh, what's happened so far because it fits very nicely in what I'd like to share with you this morning you know, I, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know I'm not supposed to worry. And I try not to worry, but sometimes it's really hard not to. You know what I'm talking about. Economy's tight, jobs are unstable, the bills just keep on coming. What are we going to do? We've got growing kids, we've got aging parents, we've got doctors and dentists that are waiting, we've got shots fired, we've got officers down, we've got people in malls pulling guns all over the world, and this is getting nuts. You know what I'm talking about. I sometimes worry. I sometimes worry about this church. I sometimes worry about the church of Jesus Christ, especially in America. I sometimes worry that I'm not getting the job done. Worry. But you know what? Some tells me I'm not the only one in the room. I'm not alone. There are other nervous Nellies here. As a nation, we've become very, very tense and anxious. The number of men and women suffering from anxiety is increasing. And experts say that our stressful, fast-paced lifestyles are not helping the situation at all. And I think you would agree with that. Reports indicate a 1,200% increase in the number of people suffering from anxiety since 1980, with as many as 117 million adults in this country reporting high levels of anxiety, according to Dr. Nancy Snyderman. So if you're a worrier, you're not alone. It's an epidemic that's plaguing this country. Well, we welcome you this morning to this latest installment of our current series called My Favorite Sins. Just as each of us is different, every family's different, so each church is also different. And this congregation identified some specific struggles as a group, and we've been addressing each of these issues that you've said, we've said together is a struggle for us. So far, we looked at judging others, and last week, Pastor Michael did a great job unpackaging the causes of disobedience. Thank you. If you missed those messages, they're waiting for you on our website. Now, you're a smart crowd. You know where we're headed this morning, so if you have your sermon notes, I'd like to follow along. Here we go. Worry. What is it? What is worry? 
Again, we talk a lot here about having a common language because different words mean different things to different people in different places. So it's always good to define what are we talking about? What is worry? Worry is derived from the Old English word, wirgen, and Old High German word, jürgen, both meaning to strangle or to choke. I like that. What a graphic picture of worry, to strangle or to choke. Now the Greek word, merimanao, is used in many of our passages today, as you'll see in just a moment. Uh, the Greek word, merimanao. So keep that word in mind. It's a very important word. It comes from two Greek words put together, merizo, which means to divide, and also the word, mind. So it literally means a divided mind, and that's the way it's used in 1 Corinthians 7.34. So worry, kind of a neat picture, uh, having a divided mind. Okay? So we'll start with that definition from the New Testament. Now, when the New Testament was written, uh, this word Mary Manao had several shades of meaning. And so we need to think about that as well. It was not necessarily negative. In other words, in your English Bible, it's translated uh, to be worried or uh, to be anxious. But often meant simply to be concerned or to care about something. So you had to put the word in its context to discover its meaning. Very different kind of flavors, I think. Concern means to have an interest in or give attention to. If I'm concerned about something, I will give it my attention. However, worry is fearing something that might happen or uneasiness about a possible future failure. It's based in fear. Worry is based in fear. Concern is based in care. Very, very different kinds of nuances in that one word, wouldn't you agree? And so as we think about this, if I question my ability to cope with the situation to a point where it's becoming uh, just panicky or I'm distraught or I'm paralyzed, then it's worry. Then it's worry. So from this idea, we get worry wart. A worry wart, right? Now, that's someone who worries excessively, endlessly, and needlessly. Now, how many of you would consider yourself to be a worry wart? Would you raise your hand? Okay, there are a few honest folk here this morning. I appreciate that. Now, let me ask it this way. How many of you are sitting next to a worry wart? Oh, gee, look at all the more hands. Okay, what's going on here? Who's telling the truth? Uh, okay. Yeah, a worry wart. Now, worry can have negative effects. I think we all get that on our body and mind. Uh, Dr. John would gladly tell us all the medical uh, problems that can surface from excess anxiety, right? Researchers say worrying can mess with our appetite, relationships, sleep, job performance. Many who worry excessively will naturally then seek some kind of escape or release from their worry, and that becomes unhealthy lifestyle choices like overeating or overworking or smoking or alcohol or drugs or caffeine or whatever you want to put in that category so that we might escape the anxiety that's pressing in on us. The Bible, however, becomes our source document. The Bible says worry is is sin. It's not a medical condition or an emotional state. Worry is sin. We need to label it for what it is if we're going to deal with it properly. Okay? So worry is sin. Here's what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount. I tell you not to worry, Mary Manao, about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? 
Those are rhetorical questions. The answer to the question is, yes, life is more than these things. What we're going to eat, what we're going to wear. Although we spend a tremendous amount of time thinking about those things, life is far more than that. Okay? So worry then, if we're all caught up in this idea of uh, what, a, what about life and living in this moment, which is right to be concerned about that but not worry about it, worry then makes the jump and becomes sin because we're not trusting in the promises and power of God. That's what's sinful about it. We're not trusting in the promises and power of God. Now let's unpackage that for a moment. Concern becomes worry, then worry becomes sin when we fail to trust the power and promises of God that he's already said he would provide for us. We take responsibility for God's job of running the universe. He's not doing so hot, so I'm going to make my attempt at running my own universe. How's that working for you? It doesn't. You're absolutely right. Not so well. I agree with that. We forget God is bigger than the problem. We forget that God is actually for us, not against us. We prefer staying awake at night playing the what-if game. We enjoy all the benefits then of our worrying. Oh, it's just laced with all kinds of wonderful things. Our stomach gets in knots. We get ulcers. We get headaches. Our neck gets kinks. Our back gets stiff. We get high blood pressure. We have difficulty concentrating. We can't sleep. We're tired all the time. We take it out on people. We get depressed. We look to medication first and therapy just to function because so many of us are held captive by a sin called worry. How are we going to handle this properly according to Scripture? Now, Dr. Steinman goes on to say, anxiety can be easily treated. That's the medical world. People sometimes reach for the medicine before they reach for the change in lifestyle. A lot of times it really takes stepping back and asking, and I like this, do I have a place to sleep tonight? Do I have food on the table? Do I have a job? If I can answer yes to those three things, then many of the stressors, frankly, are not that big of a deal. That's pretty smart. That's pretty wise. Dr. Steinman goes on to say, not only are we too plugged in, we also don't unplug enough. I would say to anybody, one hour before you go to bed at night, TV goes off, phone gets put away, you're off the computer, and that's when you start reading. That's when you start tucking yourself in at night. Anxiety many times can be undone and taken out of one's life. I agree with that. That's what Cindy and I do. The stuff goes off, then we read. It's a great way to fall asleep. Right? Right? Just turn everything off for a moment. Now, while Dr. Steinman speaks truth, I believe, I prefer the Word of God. So let's see what does the Bible say? How do we stop this stranglehold of worry? Two things I want to mention this morning. Number one, I will think right. I will think right because the battle is for the mind. We might think the battle is for the soul, but read Scripture carefully. The battle is for the mind. It's for the mind. And there's a struggle going on in each of us right now. The battle is for the mind. We begin by stopping the stinking thinking. Stinking thinking? You know what stinking thinking is? I'll explain it in just a minute, right? Because I'll tell you some of my stinking thinking. But I will think right. I will think right. What am I supposed to think about, okay? Now, here's what Scripture says. Paul said in Philippians 4, 6, don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. Ha, don't worry. Sounds easy, doesn't it? 
You might as well tell me don't blink. Tell me don't breathe. Don't worry. Often the church is so guilty of this, we tell people what not to do. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't, 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 don't. Without giving them the answer and the key to overcoming this thing. Don't worry. Now, if we look at this in Greek construction, this is the word Mary Manao again. It's a subjunctive mood with a present active imperative. Who cares about that? So literally it should be translated, stop worry. Stop worry. Right. Stop worrying. Okay. Paul says stop worrying about anything. Now, would anything include the thing you were worried about last night? Would anything include what you were worrying about five minutes ago? What's in the back of your head right now? Does that include anything? Stop worrying about anything. But what I love about Scripture is it tells us stop this, but replace it with that. It is both and. We can't just stop doing something without putting something else in there or we're going to be worse off than when we started, right? So if we're going to stop something, we have to put something else in its place, something healthy, something godly, or we're going to go back to our default. And for many of us in this room, our default is to worry. And if I tell you stop worrying, why why waste the words? You're not going to stop worrying. I'm not going to stop worrying. Stop worrying. Okay, but that's just the beginning. Scripture goes on to say, hmm, what do we replace that with? Instead, pray about everything. Stop worrying about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Have you had the experience on occasion where you actually say, God, help me. I'm worrying about this. I'm telling you, an encounter with God in that moment will stop worry dead in his tracks. Because our focus, rather than having a divided mind and worry strangling our spiritual life, is now encountering the living God in all of his life, in all of his power, setting us free then from the anxiety that plagues us. Stay with me. Stay with me. I'm going deeper here, all right? Stay with me. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he has done. He even tells us what to do. I don't know how to pray when I'm all worried. Right there it is. It is so simple. Tell God what you need. Thank him for what he's done. It is easy if we just get our head around this. Then you will experience God's peace. In that moment, when we stop worrying, instead pray about everything, In that instant, when we're connected with God, his peace, Scripture says, will be our experience, will be our portion. Then he goes on to say, which exceeds anything we can understand. Wow, suddenly the worry is lifted from me in that moment when I start to think right, and his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live, present tense, in Christ Jesus. Not only will it stop it in that instant, it will continue forward. His peace. Have you had that moment when God's peace just fills you? It's marvelous. The freedom, the release from all the anxiety and all the worry. Huh, huh. You see, when we stop worrying and start praying, God's peace comes in like a flood, and that's freedom. The freedom that Jesus went to the cross to provide for us. We're no longer taken hostage by the terrorists called worry. 
Now, stinking thinking is just the start. That's just the start. Now, you've got your own batch of stinking thinking. Have you identified it? What is it? What is it? My stinking thinking sounds like this. John, you're a joke. John, you're a failure. John, you can't do this. John, you're really stupid. John, nobody really likes you. John, you're too old. You're over the hill. John, that's a stinking thinking. It's stinking thinking. Once I've identified that stinking thinking, and all of us have it, mine's very self-deprecating. Yours might be very prideful. We all have different stinking thinking, right? But we all have stinking thinking. Now, if we begin here, don't worry. We've got to think right. We've got to think right. I give it to God in prayer. Here's the way we do that. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. 2 Corinthians 10.5. We take every thought, every thought, every thought to make it obedient to Christ. What does that mean? What is Paul talking about? Worry says it's up to me to take care of the situation. It's up to me to handle this. The Word of God says that we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So whenever our mind starts to wander down that what-if trail, what if this happens? What if that happens? What am I going to do? Oh my, oh my, oh my. We recognize this is not a God thought. This is not a God thought. Once we head down the what-if trail, those are not God thoughts. We've got to reel them in. We've got to take them captive under the obedience of Christ. Now let's see how this works out a little more practically. I have to say to myself, you know what? This thought is based on fear. This thought does not come from God. What if this? What if that? I take that runaway thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. How do I do that? The truth is God is in control. The truth is God loves me. The truth is he is for me. The truth is if he is for me, who can be against me? I have to begin then focusing on what is true. The truth sets us free. Once we've incarcerated that stray thought, once we've identified the stinking thinking and those stray thoughts that tend to divide us, a divided mind, remember, we can then focus fully on what we're supposed to think about. Here's what Paul wrote. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. I guarantee when we are worrying, we are thinking about the things of earth. What am I going to eat? What am I going to wear? All the stuff that Jesus said, don't worry about that stuff. Don't worry about it. Rather, take it captive under the obedience of Christ. Replace it by connecting with God and watch what his peace will do in the heart. Man, it's an amazing process. And, and a verse I memorized way back when, out of King James, actually, Philippians 4.8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, and a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Think about the things of heaven, Paul said, not the things of the earth. Think about those things that are true, true, Much of what we worry about is not true. It's the what-if stuff based on fear, and it holds us captive. If there is excellence or if it's praiseworthy, Paul says, think about such things in the NLT. Now, Scripture tells me what I'm supposed to think about. Now, maybe I've got a school or work project, and I think I'm going to bomb this thing big time. 
I am going to bomb this. It's going to be horrible. It's really, uh, I, it's not going to be good. I can't do this, right? But wait a minute. That's not what God says. What does God say? God says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I'm doing this to glorify him. That's the truth. So I take that captive thought that, ah, this is going to bomb, and I make it obedient to Christ. Or we're thinking, you know what? I'm always going to be depressed. I'm always going to be lonely. My life is always going to be like this. It's always going to be miserable. Nothing's ever going to change in my life. That's thinking, thinking, wait a minute. That's not what the Word of God says for the Jesus follower. That's not true. That's not true at all. So I have to take that thought captive under the obedience of Christ. God says he's working in all things, in all things, and in all ways to bring about good for those who love him. That's the truth of the word of God. Totally contrast to what stinking thinking would say. So we retrain our minds not to run down the road of worry. Because when we run down the road of worry, we know where it's going to end up. And that's our default. Many of us just run down the road of worry. Something happens in life, boom. And we wake up at night, middle of the night, oh, what if this happens? What if that happens? Boom, default, boom. We're right back, stuck in that worry. We've not trained our minds according to Scripture. And for many of us, it's always thinking about the worst-case scenario. The worst possible thing is going to happen. We dwell on that stuff. Oh my goodness, the world's ending. We're all in trouble. What are we going to do? It's never going to work. Blah, 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 blah. That's thinking, thinking. No part in the heart of the believer. No part at all. So we start by deciding to do what God asks us to do. Think right. Think right. Second point, no matter what happens, I will trust God. Amy, isn't that what you said? Isn't that what you're saying? No matter what happens, I will trust. Trust God. Huh. Huh. Now, say this with me. No matter what happens, I will trust God. Okay, very nice. Now, go ahead and preach that to the person beside you. Go ahead and tell them. Go ahead. Okay, you're all preachers. I like this. This is our final point for the day. No matter if God does what I want him to do, or if God does something else completely off the radar, no matter what happens, I will trust God. Now, it's time for a test, Southside. Please answer yes or no. Can you heal someone of cancer? Good. That's correct answer, one for one. The answer is no. Can God heal cancer? Okay, two for two. Such a smart crowd. Hmm, I like this. So that's something that we have to trust God. When that big C word comes into our lives or into our family's life, we have to trust God. We can't do anything about it. Huh. We shouldn't worry about it because we can't do anything about it. But what can we do? We can go to the doctor. We can get good advice. But ultimately, we have to trust God to do what only God can do. And two women associated with this church... Lori Gross and Jenny Carpenter, young moms, both taken by cancer. I had the opportunity to be with both of them in the last hours of their life. And you know what? They were trusting God. They were trusting God. Taking the step that every person in this room is going to step from life to life or from life 
to life apart from God. That's the choice that we have. All depend on what we do with Jesus. Did they want it to go that way? No. Did they fight hard? You better believe it. Both of those women fought valiantly right up to the end. But bottom line was, they trusted God. They trusted God. Can you protect your kids from all danger? I don't care if your kids are 3 or 43. Can you protect your kids from all danger? The answer is no. Can God give his angels charge over your kids? Yes, he can. So we give that to God. Another question. Can you change your spouse? Let, let me ask that one again. Uh, that one's just a little hesitation there. I just want to make sure. Eesh. Can you change your spouse? <laughs> uh, some of you think you can, but you can. <laughs> no elbowing. Stop that. Can God change your spouse? Yep. You know what? God would prefer changing you before he changes your spouse. That's a whole nother sermon. Yeah. Yeah, I like going there too. So we give this to God. We give it to God and we say, God, we have to trust you because here's another thing I can't change. I can't do anything about this except trust God in this. We give this to God. Can your worry change anything at all? Let me ask you, can it add itch to your height or a year to your life? No, in fact, it's going to shrink you and cut everything short when we worry, right? Just the opposite is true, right? So what do we do with those things? We have to trust God no matter what. Even though we don't understand and he's not showing us exactly what's going to happen, we have to learn to trust him and to rest in that trust. There is peace in that journey, I promise you, if we will just say, there's nothing I can do about this. There is really nothing, or I've done everything I can do about this. Why am I worrying about it? There's nothing more that can be done except to trust God. The question is, will we trust him? Will we trust him fully? Hmm. Now here's what scripture says. Jesus speaking again in the Sermon on the Mount. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry, there's the word Mary Manao, about tomorrow, for tomorrow will Mary Manao about itself. He said, don't worry about what? Tomorrow. Why? Because tomorrow will worry about itself. Think about that for a moment. We don't worry about tomorrow because God's already in tomorrow. God is not confined to time. He is in tomorrow and tomorrow's tomorrow. He's in tomorrow forever. He's already there. He's already there. We don't have to worry about tomorrow because God is already there and he's got it under control. It's very, very liberating to live like that. It truly, truly is. Don't worry about tomorrow. It'll take care of itself. No matter what happens, I will trust God. Who can finish, since we don't have it on the screen, I love this. Maybe we ought to do less screen stuff from time to time. Who knows Proverbs 3, 5, and 6? Let me get you started. Trust in the Lord with all, and lean not in all your ways, and he will. Very good, very good. See, we can do it without screens, can't we? Wow, wow. 
Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He will make your path straight or direct them. Absolutely. Here's what Peter said. Give all your worries, that's Mary Manao again, and cares to God because he cares for you. Do we really believe that? Now, if you're anything like me, we'll say, God, this is really bugging me. I'm worried about this. I give it to you. Here it is. Take it. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you, God. I'm going to try to trust you, God. But you know what, God? You're taking a long time. Long time. I'm getting kind of anxious, getting kind of nervous. Nothing's happening here. Hello, God, you're still there. Well, I'm going to take it back now. I got to take it back. I got to worry some more about this because you're not doing anything, God. And I am running the universe, so I must worry about this, right? Now, what happens is trust and peace become fear and worry and every time we take it back we go deeper and deeper the problem is we're too big and our god is too small we shrunk him down into a little size god we think we can do far more than we can we believe our god is distant or unavailable or he's unwilling not so he cares about you cast all of your merry upon him because he went to the cross to take care of that stuff worry i don't know about what you're worried about but I know that worries held me captive far too many times. At 19, I was on Valium before I met Jesus. At 35, I was wheeled out of the church office on a gurney. It's kind of weird. Kind of weird. I prepared this message a couple of weeks ago. And I was wheeled out 25 years ago from that church office. And the folk that were in the office are here this morning visiting from the church that we pastored in Bloomington Normal, Illinois. It's kind of weird. But they were there. In fact, she made the call to 911. Huh. Made that call. The stress of ministry and life had overwhelmed me with anxiety. My heart was racing. It was tachycardia. It was okay. Everything's okay. Everything checked out. Right? But I was worrying. 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 Sleepless nights, acid reflux, migraines. I remember in Bangkok uh, laying in bed and that was a, a large church and a building program and people coming to Jesus at a pace we couldn't handle. And man, I can remember laying in bed worrying about all this stuff. And I could feel the hair on the side of my head turning gray. You know how your hair has a certain texture, but those gray ones have a little different texture? And they were just boinging out like ding, 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 right? I could feel my hair turning gray. Ah! <laughs> just bound up in that moment. Wow. Just when I thought I got a handle on things, the consequences of my worrying caught up, and now I've got this nice six-inch zipper in my chest. Even my March mystery illness has helped me a lot to trust more and to worry less, to prioritize life. And it is about Jesus. It is about him. It is. Worry is a sin that I refuse to live with because it's the sin of distrusting the power and promises of God, and I will not insult my God that way. He is all-powerful, and he loves me. And he loves you. He does. 
I believe he is who he says he is. I believe he is willing and able, so I will think right no matter what happens. I will trust God. I have to be brought back to this again and again and again. And as we put our trust in him, he will replace that worry, anxiety, and fear with his peace, not just in that moment, but as we pray about everything, as we live out our lives in Christ Jesus again and again and again, come back to that peace that he's provided for us. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives. Be of good cheer. I've overcome. And you with me, Jesus said. Wow. Wow, wow. I've left some thought questions in your sermon notes. If you don't have them, uh, please uh, take a set of sermon notes and, and contemplate that this week. Okay? It says, what is my biggest worry? I guarantee you, if you are a Jesus follower, the Holy Spirit will put his finger right on your biggest worry. Right now. What's your biggest worry? Oh, yeah. It's this, it's that, it's the other thing. We all got different worries, right? What is God asking me to do about my biggest worry? What does God want me to do with that thing? How can I practically and spiritually cast my cares and all this merry upon him? And then memorize God's word. Put it in your heart. So when that worry comes, we're smashing it with the word of God, taking that thought captive under the obedience of Christ and receiving his peace. So I'd like to close this in prayer. Some of us might say, you know what? I'm a chronic worrier. I'm guilty. Here I am. Yep. Others might say, there's something I've been worried about, and I just want to acknowledge that before God today. So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads if you would. And we're going to pray. So if you would say, you know what? Worry's been an issue for me. It's something I struggle with and something that's really on me right now. Would you just lift up your hand? Heads bowed, eyes closed. Just lift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. Okay, that's enough. I'm not even looking. Let's pray, church. Father, you know every heart. And there's some folk here that love you. There's some folk here that are just checking you out. There's some folk that have drifted far away from you. We're all here. And I pray, oh God, for those who have never yet said, Jesus, come and take control of my life and forgive my sin. Jesus, I need you. I need you to free me from the burden of sin that I carry this morning. I need to know the forgiveness that you offer through the cross and through your death and through your resurrection. I need the hope. I need the gift of eternal life. This is what I want. I want to change, Lord. I want to surrender my life to you. And there are those here who are Jesus followers. And yet this thing plagues us. Worry, 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 worry. And sometimes I get it right for a season and I go right back to it. Oh God, have mercy on us. But I'm asking, Lord, that you would allow us to take the truth of your word to take captive our thinking 
to think about the things you want us to think about, to experience the power of the peace that only comes, that's way beyond our circumstances, that's way beyond our understanding as we surrender that to you and we turn to you and we spend time with you. Oh God, would you forgive us for all the worry that has really destroyed our spiritual life, destroyed the impact that we might have? God, forgive us individually. Forgive us. There's whole family units that are just a bunch of worry boards. This can plague an entire church. God, would you free us from the fear of what's going to happen tomorrow? You are already there. Lord, Lord, Lord. We turn to you. And we say, no matter what happens, we're going to trust you, Lord. No matter how this thing plays out, we're going to trust you, Lord. Holy Spirit, come. Come, and as you already have been here at work, but manifest your grace the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ by setting captives free now from worry. Break the yoke of bondage. Lord, this is a spiritual moment and we're trusting you, Lord, to do what only you can do. Jesus, come. Jesus, come and set your people free so that we might effectively go out of here saying, God has touched me to tell the lost and our friends and our family, God touched me. I know it. I know it to the depths of my soul. He's touched me. He set me free. And he can do the same for you too. Thank you, God. Our chains are gone. We've been set free through the power of Jesus. Lord, now, as we've opened this topic up, I pray that this week going forward, we would each deal with our own worry according to your plan and purposes. God, do a new work in our church. And we'll thank you together in Jesus' name for what's begun. Amen.